You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Captain's Log, day 384. No sight of land for weeks now. I'd give anything to see another living creature. A human, a sea lion, even one of those hungry-looking seagulls. Alas, here I float adrift, unmoored forever on the rolling waves of eternity. (sighs) Who's there? Show yourself! Don't come any closer. I'm an action figure! A rubber ducky? Um, I'm not just any rubber ducky. I'm a limited edition toy from the feature film Duck Duck Ghost. Well, I'm the Aquamarine, master of the deep and defender of the seven seas. See? Hail, denizens of the deep. So that's why you're all the way out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean defending the seven seas? No, I, uh, fell out of a fast food kid's meal. Got washed into a storm drain and eventually ended up here, in the ocean. All by myself. Happens to the best of us. I fell off a container ship with 300,000 of my best buddies. (laughs) Wait, what's that? The place I'd like you to meet. What is all this? There's floating shoes and... Plastic bottles and fishing nets and... And baby dolls and model airplanes and plenty of plastic ponies. There's even some friends you might recognize. Hail, Oh my gosh. Are there aquamarines? Oh, Captain, my captains, am I glad to see you? You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Molly Bloom, and I'm here with Anna Victoria from Austin, Texas. Hey, Anna Victoria. Hi, Molly. So, Anna Victoria, you wrote to us after you learned about the plastic pollution in our oceans, specifically the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. And I'm wondering, how did you first learn about it? Um, I was actually in my eighth grade science class when the topic was first brought up to me. And ever since, I've been, like, really interested in how, like, we can help change, like, the patches from growing and, like, expanding more throughout the ocean. So after you did learn about it and you're like, I want to help, how did, you know, that affect like what you did or how, you know, you tried to help? I definitely tried to like be more conscious about how I can like save plastic from like getting into like the ocean, like putting it in the trash. Because some kids at my school would put like plastic in the trash can. And I was like, no, you can't do that. You can't. It has to be put in the recycling at least to like prevent it from getting in the ocean. And do you remember when you've been to the beach or in the ocean seeing plastic? Yes, I have. And it's really sad. Like I see even like the coastline. So it's really sad. We're going to learn about how we can help with that a little bit later in the show. Are there things that you've like replaced in your life or maybe things that like have just been so hard to replace because, you know, plastic is everywhere and there's not necessarily good options sometimes. I definitely started using reusable water bottles more and not using like the plastic water bottles as much and stopped using those to help out. One of the reasons we see so much plastic pollution is that we're surrounded by plastic. My shampoo bottle is plastic. My beloved cheese comes wrapped in plastic. My glasses are plastic. My yoga mat, plastic. There's even plastic in our clothes. 
Yeah, if your clothes are kind of stretchy, that's because at least some of the fabric in there was made from plastic. Plastic really is everywhere. The sponge in my sink is plastic. And the glitter on this birthday card I was going to send to myself is also plastic. Wait, you're going to send yourself a birthday card? Future me loves surprises. Oh, gotcha. So yeah, plastic is all around us. But there's a reason it's everywhere. It's a very useful material. It's lightweight, hard to break, and it can be stretched into almost any shape imaginable. When plastic was first invented in the early 1900s, it was a pretty big deal because it was the first material to be made only using chemicals. And it was seen as an awesome solution to people using too many natural resources like wood. And plastic has been very helpful to us humans. We use it in important things like bike helmets and eyeglasses. It also helps keep medical equipment sterile, and it makes our cars lighter so they use less gas. But one of the things that makes plastic really useful is also one of the reasons why it's a problem. Plastic lasts for a really, really, really long time. And even though we often think of plastic as recyclable, most of it actually isn't. Which means it often ends up in landfills, where it sits and sits and sits. Or it gets burned up in a big furnace, which releases air pollution. Or it ends up in the ocean. Right. Have you ever seen a plastic bag or bottle on the side of the road? Well, when a storm comes, it can wash that plastic trash into the sewer. From there, it can end up in a creek, then a river, and all rivers eventually lead to the ocean. Scientists estimate that the equivalent of one garbage truck full of plastic enters the ocean every minute of every day. And that number is growing. If we don't do something about it, the amount of plastic entering the world's oceans could almost triple in less than 20 years. Ugh, and a lot of it will end up in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch is this floating soup of plastic out in the ocean. And when we say great here, definitely don't mean the wow, that's awesome kind of great. We're talking about the really big kind of great. And while it is very big, the pieces of plastic that make up the patch are teeny tiny. These teeny tiny pieces of plastic are called microplastics. They're made when bigger pieces of plastic break down over time. Molly, I really, really want to help get this plastic out of the ocean. Me too. So, Why don't we take the Explorer and go check it out? The extremely practical land and ocean rover exploring remote realms. Yes! Let's go. To the Pacific Ocean, specifically to the swirling patch of plastic garbage. (laughs) Molly, are you all right? Oh, yeah, I just... Oh, these waves are... Really wavy. I think I'm just feeling a little seasick. Oh, that's no fun. Yeah, I'll be fine. Don't worry. Okay, so where were we? Well, we were in the studio, but now we're in the middle of the ocean. This bumpy, wavy ocean. No, I mean, where were we? Like, what were we just talking about? Oh, right. We were talking about the garbage patch. Ah, yes. Even though it's called garbage, it isn't like the garbage you would find in a landfill. Landfills really stink. I mean, have you ever smelled hot garbage in the summer? 
Moldy fruits and vegetables, decaying meat, mildewy wet clothes. Ugh, yes. Ugh, did it just get wavier in here? Whew. Anyway, paper or metal or glass or food, those will all naturally break down over time. Eventually, little pieces of those materials, what we call their molecules, become part of the environment again. Bacteria, fungi, and insects play a big part in that process. They can eat and digest natural materials like wood and paper. But most living things can't eat plastic, and humans haven't figured out how to recycle all of it either. Which means there's a lot of plastic out there that we don't know what to do with. Look closely. See how the water looks all cloudy? Oh yeah, it has all kinds of tiny things floating in it. These are the microplastics you were talking about. But they weren't always this small. They were once part of bigger pieces of plastic. When plastic enters the ocean, the sun and water do break it apart over time. But instead of totally decomposing into soil and going back into the earth like plants or food would, it just chips into smaller and smaller pieces as it gets sloshed around by waves and shined on by the sun. And those tiny pieces are what make up most of the garbage patch. Or should we say, patches? Yeah, there are actually two patches, an eastern one off the coast of California and a western one off the coast of Japan. And these two patches are connected because they're part of the same gyre. A gyre is a system of ocean currents that swirl around in a circle, sort of like a really big, really slow whirlpool. This one is called the North Pacific Subtropical Gyre, and it's the biggest of the five major gyres on Earth. They're all pushing around plastic trash, big and small, around the ocean. Even though most of the garbage patch is just a big soup of microplastics swirling around, there is some bigger stuff out here, like that old laundry basket or this bottle cap. And look, there's part of an old fishing net. Let's grab this stuff before it breaks down too. Man, I can't believe how much trash is out here. Speaking of out here, where exactly are we? The explorer got us here so fast, I didn't really look around. That's a great question. A lot of people picture the North Pacific Gyre as being in the middle of nowhere, but actually... You're in Papahanaumokuakea. James, I thought we might run into you out here. Anna Victoria, this is my friend, James Morioka. He leads the Papahanaumokuakea Marine Debris Project. Nice to meet you. So Papahanaumokuakea, if you were to stretch it across the continental U.S., would stretch between Las Vegas, Nevada, and New Orleans, Louisiana. It's like 1,300 miles. There are over 7,000 marine species that call Papahanaumokuakea home. Also, Papahanaumokuakea is incredibly important to Native Hawaiians because Papahanaumokuakea are considered the ancestor islands or the Kupuna Islands. And so they are the old islands and the spirits which have given birth to the main Hawaiian islands and the realm of the living. And so where we live in the main Hawaiian islands is considered the realm of the living. And then Papahanaumokuakea is the realm of the dead or the realm of the spirits. And this sacred space is filling up with plastic trash from the garbage patch. Yeah, it can be disheartening at times. Uh, the beaches are completely covered in plastics. You know, you won't take a step on the beach without hearing a crunch of a piece of plastic underneath your foot. But in Hawaii, we have a very special word. It's called kuleana. 
and it means responsibility. And so we feel like it's our own responsibility to take care of those around us and the, the wildlife and the habitat around us. Anna Victoria and I are going to help too. All of us helped create this big plasticky problem, and we should all try to help fix it. Thanks so much, James. Aloha and ahui ho. Man, it is such a bummer to look out and see all this plastic floating around. Bottles, plastic bags. A million days, I'm stuck on plastic island. And a little singing plastic figurine. Hello, humans. Mind if I hitch a ride on that groovy tour bus of yours? <gasps> he talks. Scoop him up. Well, I do thank you very kindly. Hello, I'm Johnny Trash. How did you get here? I think I can best answer that with a song. A current is a really strong thing. And it makes a watery ring. Carried by water so dire. I fell into this endless gyre. I fell into the North Pacific gyre. I went down, 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 cause the river came up higher. And it churns, churns, churns. Pacific gyre, Pacific gyre. So you got here from a river? Yep. Most trash that gets into the ocean hitches a ride on a river. You see that mini soda bottle over there? I'm your biggest fan, Johnny! Have we been on the ocean too long, or did that bottle just talk? It definitely talked. Encore, Johnny! Encore! Love you, little guy. He was thrown out of a car window onto a busy street. Stayed there a few days, but his trip ain't complete. He fell into the storm drain when the rain came in sheets. That rainstorm was something. Carried me through the sewer system right into a creek. Then to the river. And, well, you know the rest. More than three-quarters of the plastic here in the ocean started on land. What about the rest? The rest comes from people leaving stuff behind in the water, like fishing nets, traps, and even my trusty guitar strings here. I found this old piece of fishing line tangled up in some algae a few weeks ago, and now it has a new life as my guitar string. Listen to this. Johnny, you and that soda bottle are coming with us. We don't want you floating out here forever. What do you say? Well, that's music to my ears. Oh, speaking of sounds, it's time for the... Shh! Mystery sound! All right, are you ready, Anna Victoria, for the mystery sound? Yes, I am. Here it is. What do you think? 
It sounds like at the beginning, it's like someone stacking something and then like putting it in like some sort of like machine to like break it down. That's like kind of what I think. Yeah. That's very good. Very good ears. Well, we are going to hear it again after the credits, get another chance to guess and hear the answer. We're working on an episode about how creatures would evolve on other planets. So we want you to do a little dreaming with us. Imagine you find life on another planet. How would that life greet you? What would it sound like in their language to say hi? Would they even have language or would they greet you another way? Anna Victoria, if you found a living creature on another planet, how do you imagine they would say hi? I think maybe they'd like use like a sound or something, like not actually say hi, but use some sort of like noise, like a high-pitched shriek or something like that. I love that idea. Can you give us a little example of what that might sound like? Like an eeyo, something like that. Oh, yes. Yeah, I kind of think, I like to imagine that there's some planet where they communicate by smells and like they would greet you and somehow like release a chemical that like smelled like you're something very pleasant. Like chocolate. Oh, yes. I would love to be greeted by a chocolate smell. Well, listeners, we want to hear how you imagine an alien creature would say hi. Record yourself and send it to us at brainson.org slash contact. While you're there, you can also send us mystery sounds, drawings, high fives, and questions. Like this one. Hello, my name's Olivia. I'm from Elgin, Illinois. My question is, are rainbows solid and where's the end? You can find an answer to that question on our Moment of Um podcast. It's a daily dose of facts and curiosity you can find wherever you listen to Brains On. Again, that's brainson.org slash contact. And keep listening. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Anna Victoria. And I'm Molly. And we're back in the studio with all the garbage we picked up on our trip. Sacks and sacks of garbage. Most of it's pretty garbagey garbage, but there are a few gems. There's Johnny Trash. Hey! A talking soda bottle. I love you, Johnny! Will you sign my soda bottle cap? <laughs> a collectible rubber ducky. Quack! A sweet aquamarine action figure. Good Day. And the most amazing find of all, a vintage Clambert Shellington attorney at sea action figure. Um, a lawyer action figure? Oh yeah, I've collected them since I was a kid. 
Brenda P. Gruffin, Bear Lawyer, Dr. Servo, Professor of Robot Law, Squawks McKenzie, Parrot Prosecutor. Ugh, Squawks McKenzie is so cool and so good at cross-examining. You know what? This is not the right time to get me started on action lawyers. I really could go on for hours. But this Clambert Shellington figure is one of the last ones I need for the complete 32-figure set. And you know what the best part is? Tiny lawyer accessories? I do also have a drawer full of little briefcases and tiny filing cabinets. But no, each one has a catchphrase that plays when you pull the string on their backs. Okay, let's see. Hello, Molly. Ah, what? That's not the catchphrase. Molly, I think Clamber is actually talking. Anna Victoria is right. Whoa, what did the ocean do to you, toys? I noticed that you're speaking into a microphone. Would you mind? What do you... Unique New York, unique New York. Okay, I'm ready. Ready for... Hi, I'm Clambert Shellington, attorney at sea. Do you know that millions of animals in the Pacific Ocean have been harmed by plastic trash? If you or someone you know has been injured by this hazardous material, you need Clambert Shellington, attorney at sea. Are you a sea turtle who has mistaken a plastic bag for a delicious jellyfish? An albatross who has fed plastic pellets to her sweet babies? A sea lion tangled in a nasty old fishy net? At the law offices of Clambert Shellington, attorney at sea, we represent a wide range of ocean species. Clambert Shellington, attorney at sea, will prosecute pernicious plastic pollution. Plastic must no longer be allowed to escape human hands into our ocean. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch won't be great for long with Clambert Shellington, attorney at sea. If you or a sea creature you know have been affected by the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, call now. Clambert Shellington, attorney at sea, 555-CLAM. You can trust a clam. 555-CLAM. Wow, that's so inspiring that you're out there fighting for the animals, Clambert. Oh, excuse me. That must be my new client. This is Clambert. What? No, no, never take the first offer. So glad Clambert is fighting the good fight, but dang, plastic is really bad for all the sea creatures. Humans have got to step up. Our plastic got us into this mess. We need to figure out how to get our planet out of it. We can, and we will. We just have to figure out where to start. I'm happy to report there are lots of people working on this, and we can help too. Oh, it's producer Rosie DuPont. Hi, Rosie. What are you up to? I just got back from a trip to Red Hook, Brooklyn. In New York? Yes, I'm glad I went. See, I've been really bummed out ever since I learned about the Pacific Garbage Patch. Us too! I was losing sleep over it, counting plastic sheep in the great Pacific garbage patch of my mind. Oh, that doesn't sound good. So I said, Rosie, enough with this waterlogged anxiety. Go do something about it. So first thing the next morning, I grabbed my audio gear and headed to PS15, an elementary school in Red Hook, Brooklyn. I wanted to go to PS15 because I heard they were having one of their monthly plastic-free lunch days. It's a project they started with help from the group Cafeteria Culture. Is plastic-free lunch day just what it sounds like? 
Yeah, it's making simple changes to your lunchtime routine, like bringing metal forks and spoons from home, using water bottles instead of disposable cups, and having your school prepare a lunch that doesn't involve any plastic. It sounded like a brilliant and delicious idea to me, so I headed straight to the cafeteria to check it out. When I got there, I asked some of the kids why they thought plastic-free lunch day was important. To keep the earth safe and the sea animals safe. You get like a challenge for today not to use plastic, and that's really fun. And while you're doing the challenge, you're also helping the earth. It's fun because like you're seeing that you're a person that's helping the earth instead of like hurting the earth. A lot of times people have thrown plastic like all over the world, like in the oceans, on the ground. And we have to clean it up to help the world. They could see how small changes in their day-to-day behavior could make a difference on a grand scale, and that it was fun to do. It does sound cool, but there's so much plastic in the ocean. Can a small change like this really make a difference? Oh, woof. Good question. If you band together with your friends and community, you can make a splash. The first plastic-free lunch day at PS15 cut their school lunch waste by 99%. Whoa, that's a lot. Yeah. In the hallways of PS15, I ran into Rhonda Kaiser, the education director for Cafeteria Culture. She told me about another one of their big wins, replacing styrofoam trays with compostable ones in New York City schools. This led to a number of other awesome changes. So styrofoam was completely eliminated from New York City public schools. And then a couple of years after that, there was a styrofoam ban in New York City. And then just in 2022, in January, styrofoam ban in New York State. So this is the kind of hyper-local action that can really make a huge difference. You're, You're demonstrating that you can do it on the local level and then The question turns from why to why not. And it's not just PS15 who's doing this. Cafeterias around the U.S. have stopped using styrofoam trays. And on April 19th, 2023, schools across the country are celebrating National Plastic-Free Lunch Day. They're like parties for the planet. (laughs) That's awesome. By using less plastic, these kids are tackling the source of the problem. Because if there's less plastic being used, there's less of it going into the ocean. Exactly. But as you and I both know, a lot of plastic is still finding its way into our waters. I wanted to find out how to capture plastics once they're sloshing around in our lakes and rivers. So on my bus ride home, I was Googling around and discovered these awesome things called trash wheels, which stop plastic from entering the ocean via rivers. Baltimore, Maryland has four of them. So what does a trash wheel look like exactly? Baltimore has made theirs pretty cute. They all have googly eyes and big gaping mouths, and they have these floating barriers that scoop up trash as it floats towards them on the river. Then, using the current of the river and solar power, they rake the trash into their mouths, up a conveyor belt, and into their tummies, which are just big dumpsters. So how much trash can they pick up? Baltimore's first trash wheel was introduced in 2014, and since then, the wheels have collected around 2,300 tons of trash. Wow, that's like 2,300 walruses' worth of trash. Or 4.7 million pounds of trash. 
or about 1,000 dumpsters full. Yeah, and that's just one city. Other cities across the world are experimenting with their own river trash collectors, including Jakarta in Indonesia, Selangó in Malaysia, and Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. It seems like an awesome way to catch trash before it floats out to sea. But what do we do about all the junk that's in the ocean right now? It's tricky, but scientists are hard at work developing technology to clean up our oceans. Some are developing special sticky nets made out of bacteria that collect microplastics. Others are testing different gels that clump together with these pieces of plastic. And some scientists are even using shellfish to filter microplastics out of the water. Amazing. Yes, but here's the thing. Most of the trash leaving rivers gets pushed onto beaches. So one of the best things we can do is clean up our beaches before that trash gets swept out to sea. Even if you don't live near a beach, picking up trash along rivers and streams will help too. Cleaning up can be pretty fun. I like to put on my favorite music and groove around while I'm cleaning, like I'm having a dance party. Me too. And picking up trash might feel like a small thing, but it can make a difference. I spoke to Marcus Erickson, a researcher with the Five Gyres Institute, an organization exploring the impact of plastics on the ocean ecosystem. And he says there's power if we all band together. My answer is, get organized. Find other people like you. When you get organized and you start running campaigns at your school, in your community, we start going to businesses as a group, asking them, can we choose a different packaging besides plastics? You're powerful. Yeah. What if we got the whole Brains on team together this weekend for a trash cleanup slash dance party? Can we come too? You bet, Johnny. The more the merrier. (gasps) Dream team. Let's go. Bum, 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 bum. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch isn't really one patch at all. It's two patches connected by a big current system called a gyre. And instead of the plastic piling up like an endless trash island, it's constantly swirling around like a stew being stirred. And most of the plastic has been broken down into teeny tiny pieces, like little pepper flakes floating in the stew with some big chunks here and there. Using less plastic is a great start, and making sure the plastic we do use ends up in the garbage and not on the street or in the water. That's it for this episode of Brains On. This episode was produced by Molly Bloom, Rosie Dupont, Anna Goldfield, Adron Oldeslossi, Anna Weggel, Nico Gonzalez-Whistler, Molly Quinlan, Ruby Guthrie, and Mark Sanchez. Our editors are Sandin Totten and Shayla Farzan. This episode was sound designed by Rachel Breeze. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The executives in charge of APM Studios are Chandra Kabati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. We had engineering help from Alex Simpson and Jake Perlman. Special thanks to Colin Crocker, Claudia Villegas, Jade Tittle, and Brant Miller. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. There are lots of ways to support the show. Head to brainson.org. While you're there, you can send in your mystery sounds, questions, and drawings. You can also subscribe to our Smarty Pass. Super fun, ad-free episodes, and bonus stuff just for you. Okay, Anna Victoria, are you ready to listen to that mystery sound again? Yes.
I still feel like it's something being stacked, like kind of like metally, and then mm-hmm. being put like into like a machine. I still think that because I hear like the machine kind of going. Yeah. So it's still in my mind. I feel like they're like sheets of metal or something like that. You are on the right track. That is correct. You ready for the answer? Yes. Here it is. Hi, I'm Ambrose from Toronto, Canada, and that was the sound of books going through my book return suit at the public library. The first sound you heard was the books going in to the book return chute and then it closing and then they go down the chute and then this metal rolling pin starts rolling down. That explains the rolling sound. Okay, I was pretty I guess I was pretty close. You were pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Stacking books, which do have sheets, not sheets of metal, sheets yeah, of paper, but, like but we were very close and going into the machine. Very nice work. Have you ever used a return like that at the library? Uh, yes. I used to go to the library a lot when I had like more time, and I definitely used to do that with my dad. It is the most fun part of returning books. Yeah. <laughs> I love that machine. Now it's time for the Brains Honor Roll. These are the incredible kids who share their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, and drawings with us. Asha from San Francisco, Jack and Brooks from Apple Valley, Minnesota, Liliana and Amara from West Newton, Massachusetts, Josie from West Hartford, Connecticut, An from China, Keith from Seattle, Ethan from Long Beach, California, Trace from San Juan Capistrano, California, Leo from Chicago, Scott from Houston, Texas, Opal from Olympia, Washington, Tierra from Springfield, Oregon, Sook from Seattle, Elliot from Andover, Vermont, Mason from Honolulu, Pinya from Brooklyn, New York, Lennox from Amsterdam, Nora from Oak Harbor, Washington, Penelope from Ellenville, New York, Miles and Laura from Portland, Maine, Summer from Franklin, Massachusetts, Vivian from Singapore, Jack from Longmont, Colorado, Theo from Vancouver, Kiko from Washington, D.C., Angeline from Mead, Colorado, Henrik from Toronto, David from New Jersey, Stella from San Diego, Reed and Ruby from Cincinnati, Enzo from Auckland, New Zealand, Samuel from Carmel, Indiana, Elijah from Hammond, Indiana, Quinn from Kennesaw, Georgia, Luca from Sammamish, Washington, Rosalie and Vance from Nina, Wisconsin, Benjamin from Lexington, Kentucky, Kaya from Hermantown, Minnesota, Ada from Spokane, Washington, Ella and Opal from Houston, Grace from Madison, Wisconsin, Carter from Rehoboth, Delaware, Mac and Mary from Statesville, North Carolina, Alex from Okamos, Michigan, Luke from Seattle, Teague from Kennewick, Washington, Bessie from Hudson, New York, Felix and MJ from California, Grace and Eleanor from Winchester, Virginia, Abraham from Lincoln, Nebraska, Sophia from Bethesda, Maryland, Victor from Denton, Texas, Nico from Chicago, Adeline from Aurora, Colorado, Shay and Remy from Seattle, Elliot from Evanston, Illinois, Audrey and Lyndon from Edina, Minnesota, Thatcher from Cary, North Carolina, Emilio and Gabriel from San Jose, California, Phoenix from New Orleans, Granite, Carbon and Ransom from Stratford, Wisconsin, Ashlyn, Riley, and Matthew from Edmonton, Alberta, Anais and Dominic from Austin, Texas, Oscar from London, England, Tyler and Elena from Tucson, Arizona, Luna from Omaha, Bjorn from Crystal, Minnesota, Porter and Eli from Kissimmee, Florida, Emilia from Jackson Heights, New York, and Frankie from Brighton, England. We'll be back next week with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.